Welcome to the week four post-game show. I'm your host, Christian Martinelli, joined today by Kyle and Jose. Uh, another great week of games in the Legacy Leagues. Um, I'm ready to get into it. Uh, you guys were there. You guys saw all the uh, dunking and all the great games that went down this week. And we'll start off with one of the better games that we're going to have all year between two of the best teams in the league. Um, Lob City versus Good U. Um, Kyle, I know this was on court one. I know you were on court one all night. Uh, what do you see in this in this 71 to 65 win by Lob City tight game? Yeah, well, it was just tight all around. It, it, you didn't if you were watching that game, you really had no idea who really was going to win at the end. It was very chaotic in the last two minutes. Every team was making a sum like every like two possessions and the possessions were going by quickly. So it was just very a very chaotic game, very close game. Uh, nobody won really defensively or offensively. It came down to like a missed shot. And uh, good you just uh, missed their shots down at the end. And uh, Lob City got the rebound and they took it up the floor. They got fouled. They hit the free throws at the end and that sealed the deal. Yeah. And, and Lob City, that's what makes them such a tough matchup. They have so many guys that can do it. And then when Jose Mercado shows up, he's a force to be reckoned with every night 29 points. Uh, 64% from the field. He even hit four three-pointers, so he's you can't stop him going to the rim. And if he has that uh, step-back three-pointer going, uh, you know Lob City's going to be a lot of uh, – they're going to beat pretty much almost every team in the league on, on any given night with that performance. Um, good you, obviously. Strong performance from them. They show that they're still obviously a contender. Um, and obviously we expect them to be there when, when things matter towards the end of the season. Um, going into game two here, RI Warriors versus Ball Don't Lie. Um, Warriors have been coming on, starting to look very, very good here as the season's been going on. Um, they've definitely shown that uh, they got the cob- cobwebs off of them week one, week two, and, and now they're, they're starting to show, you know, what they can really do here. Uh, they beat down Ball Don't Lie by almost 30 points, 76 to 48. Um, Jose, what do you see in this game from the Warriors in general? Well, <clears throat> to be quite frank, honest with you, just just all around uh, dominance, just uh, they crashed the boards. They killed them on the boards. Getting those extra possessions were key and kept it a very low turnover game. And hitting 10 threes, it's going to be tough to beat a team that hits 10 threes. And uh, Baldwin Lai just couldn't, just couldn't defend them, quite frankly, honest with you, and just couldn't, just couldn't hang with them when it came to rebounds. Mm. Yeah, and that's – Baldwin Lai, they've had this issue all year. Kyle and I talk about it on the podcast every week. They, they can't find scoring from anyone besides uh, Grant Rosenberg. Again, he puts up 29 points. He's averaging like 25 or so a game. Um, is there anything in your opinion, Jose, that Ball Don't Lie can do to really, you know, figure out their offensive struggles? Or is it just going to be like this for the final three games of the season and they're going to be one and done in the playoffs? Well, I'm usually a person of optimism. <laughs> From what I'm seeing is, you know, Grant is obviously the vocal point. He's been the vocal point all, all year, you know, and – it's tough for him to carry the load. Uh, I think they just need to run some actions to where they could get easy looks at the basket, whether it's through the pick and roll or swinging the ball to the corner and open three and spacing the floor, you know, uh, just hitting those, those three point shots, you know, and if they can uh, do that, they can give themselves a shot in, in any game, you know, 
that that's my opinion on ball don't lie. Definitely. And and Kyle, to you, talking about someone that can give themselves a shot in every game, I think RI Warriors are proving that they can hang with anyone in this league. You know, statement performance this week. Um, they've been putting up great performances every single week. They had, uh, what is it, five guys in double figures here. So what do you think when you hear about the RI Warriors? you think that they're going to be a real issue going forward for everyone? Well, they're certainly turning it on at the right time. I mean, dropping 76 and a 30-point win. I mean, the numbers don't lie here. you got 31 rebounds. They're doing everything right defensively, making sure that there's no offensive rebounds, no secondary points, because that really kills teams in the end. Uh, three, um, what is it? Three turnovers the entire game, being very careful with the ball, making sure you're not making any terrible mistakes and giving the other team any opportunities to come back. Um, they're, they're just playing basketball is how it should be played very carefully. And they're just taking advantage of the chances they're getting. Yeah. The Warriors, man, they've been really impressive here. Um, interested to see what they do going forward. I'm looking forward to see on the podcast this week, talk about their matchup coming up this week. Um, but going to up to a matchup that maybe we thought was going to be a little bit more competitive this week, Werewolves versus the Halfway Crooks. Halfway Crooks, they've looked legitimately, they've looked bad the last few weeks. And the Werewolves are coming on really strong here. Um, like maybe I was, I was kind of hoping they would. They blow out the Halfway Crooks badly, 88 to 51. Um, Kyle, so let's start off with the Halfway Crooks. What's going on there? Because it just wasn't competitive at all. Uh, they're getting smothered on defense by the werewolves. I mean, 30, 35% shooting, and they only had five players. One person was only getting rest at the same time. They were, everybody was everybody had to, like, chuck up the same shots. They were mostly chucking up three-pointers, and those weren't really falling because they combined for eight made three-pointers on 24% shooting. That's, that's not going to win you games. And uh, they were just being blocked – fouling it was it was a very sloppy game by the halfway crooks and it was uh it was just unfortunate to see because uh they did uh keep themselves in the entire well at least up until the first half it was only a nine point uh deficit that they were down and then as soon as the third quarter happened where was one like a 10 nothing run and then at that point it would the hole was just too too deep yeah and, and jose i think you watched this game as well right yeah, I did. So, so we see this depth from the werewolves now coming to life. Six guys in double figures. Um, was it? I mean, the box score shows this. Was it as as much of a well-rounded performance as the box score shows? Well, to be honest, you know, they have some. They have some pretty good, you know, bench players. But th- this production that that you see on this box score was definitely the halfway crooks slacking on defense honestly because it's just watching that game you know they kept what what the crooks are good at is making a possession to possession game where where it goes wrong for the crooks is just when the game speeds up man when the game speeds up against them they just can't they can't hang with that pace and then they get overwhelmed by other teams throughout the turnovers and extra boards once it gets sped up and those quick shots and honestly, it was just lackluster defense by the halfway crooks this game. A lot of open layups and wide open threes this game that that honestly were were just inexcusable, which which led to what you see in this box score, the bench scoring a lot when they came in. 
And yeah, Joey, I don't know, man. You got to figure something out with your team. It's getting ugly. I thought maybe it was going to be a new halfway crooks this year, but after that good start in week one, it's been all downhill since then. So we'll see what happens with the crooks. Werewolves are hot. They're starting to figure it out. Brian Heston, 21 and 21. Unbelievable game by him. I'm excited to see what the werewolves can do going forward because they're starting to show they are a contender. You scored the same amount of points as he got rebounds. That's a pretty impressive feat by Brian. That's unreal. Um, and now on to our reigning defending champions against a team that is on a two-game win streak, Duye's boys versus Sin City. I think maybe some people thought this game wasn't going to be too tight, but at half point, at uh, halftime, we were looking at a four-point game here. Um, Kyle, you did mention on the podcast last week you thought this could be a trap game, a close game for Duye's boys. Um, but they did wake up in the second half. They end up winning the game uh, – 90 to 70. Um, Jose, so what was the key to Duya's boys pulling away in the second half here? Well, man, as I've, as I said in the other post game, you got to talk about John, man. John scored 44 points. Like John is, is the lead guy for the Duya's boys, man. He's, he just does everything, man. Like whatever it takes for, for the Duya's boys to get going within a close game, he does it, whether it, it comes from steals, rebounds, getting that extra board, go, going to the line, getting fouled, or making three-point shots. He's just he's just the heartbeat of that team right now. Um, and same thing, you know, Vincent. Vincent is an all-around player as well, giving them energy. You, when you have two all-around players like that, uh, it, it you're a tough team to beat. Two wings that are just versatile, it, it's tough. Yeah, and, and shout out to Sin City, honestly, keeping it that close. They're proving to be, uh, honestly, a tough, tough out. Um, they're giving everyone a tough game besides Lob City week one when they only had four guys there. Um, you know, they, they won back-to-back. They gave Dewey's – this is this is the closest game for Dewey's boys uh, all year. Right, Kyle? We said it was 22 points, I think. Now it's and, 20. Uh, yeah, so now it's 20. Um, Maybe next week it will be 18. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but Kyle, what do you think about Sin City? Because obviously they they've shown that they're they're for real now. Yeah, I like I like their playing style. I mean, they just go fast. I mean, most of the teams that we've seen here don't really play like you know eight second offense, five second offense. Like they they like to keep it going. They like to uh, to keep the motor going. I mean, they they're just a team that is just so interesting to watch. Uh, unfortunately, I've only got to see them play once this year out of. Uh, all the all the weeks I've been here, I'd like to see them more often though. But the one time I did see them, I liked them a lot. And uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know they they have a lot of great scores. Uh, again, this week Trey Gallo puts up thirty one points. It seems like it comes from someone different um, every single week, which is um, very impressive for them. And uh, like Jose said, Johnny Kutu, unbelievable performance, reigning Player of the Week last week, um, comes out puts up 44 points. Um, Joey was catching some heat online. You know, John wasn't up for player of the week again this week. You know, I can't say I blame him, uh, but, you know, I just an unbelievable performance. Dewey's boys stay hot. Still haven't lost in two years. Um, and we'll see. They may not lose again. You never know with this team. They're, they're just that good. Um, so we go from a game that was relatively high scoring um, to one of the, of the lower scoring games you'll probably ever see in legacy leagues history. Um, 
Ozone Boys outlast the Orcas 55-38. to 38. Um, Kyle, I know you get to see this game. Ozone Boys, you know, they get the Ws, how they need to get the Ws. But Orcas, man, they've been struggling to score the ball back-to-back weeks. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not 100% sure, but I think they've combined for 90 points or 80 points in their last two weeks. So what's going on with their offense? Because obviously something isn't clicking now. They just – they keep uh, shooting – uh, three-pointers and they're just not falling. Uh, I don't know what the record is, um, but they had one of 21. Not even 5% three-point shooting. I I don't know if what the record is on, on worst three-point shooting or I don't know if anyone's made zero before though, but that's not good. Uh, they need to stop shooting the three-pointers and rely more in on getting layups, more fundamental stuff. Uh, free throws seem to be one of their best things. They shot 64% from the free throw line. Maybe find a way to get fouled down low to get to the line because that seemed to be their number one way of scoring because – 27, uh, 20 to 28% of shooting on the floor is never going to win you games. Never, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Orcas, man, their biggest advantage, in my opinion, is their size. Shooting that many three-pointers at a low percentage, it just doesn't seem like they're using it to their advantage. They rebound great, um, but they got to figure out this offense or else, you know, we were giving them all that credit a few weeks ago on the podcast and now it's not looking so great after back-to-back bad offensive performances. Um, but to talk about the winning team, uh, the Ozone Boys, Jose, I mean, this is a team that can do it in many different ways. Um, it seems like someone is the, a different leading scorer every week for them. Um, and, you know, what is their advantage that they're able to use against these teams to, to pull out the games, whether they're low or high scoring? Well, obviously last week, they lost because they were shorthanded. But, man, really what, what it is for them is that four-in, four-out substitution. They get fresh legs, and uh, they get about the same production with those four substitutions in for those other guys. And I think that's the key, honestly, because if, if you could substitute the same production that your starters are doing, that is perfectly uh, fine. That That's going to lead to wins and Ws and consistency. And, you know – I've really taken notice of the Ozone Boys. I've seen him a lot, and Paul McGuire's shooting leads them. His floor spacing and his shooting of the three ball is excellent, and it, and it really opens up the floor for those cutters and for those gaps for, for people to get in and slash and get to the basket and get those layups. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, Paul McGuire, outstanding from three this week, six for ten. Um, you know, he had five more threes than the Orcas did just by himself on uh, 12 less attempts. Um, so that's unbelievable showing from him. The Hogan brothers don't put up huge numbers this week, but we know that they're dangerous. Um, just overall, Ozone boys, man, they're, they're a team to be reckoned with. Um, they're going to be a tough out for anyone. And uh, we're seeing here now at three and one, they're, they're showing that they're a top, top contender. Despite this game not being as high scoring as it was, it was very entertaining with all the dunks that we were seeing. Yeah, especially from Ozone. Oh, my God, the dunks that they did. Uh, I don't know who it was. And uh, Jose can back me up on this, though. Yeah. There was a nasty dunk. In, um, in I'll the tell you who it is. <laughs> I know who it is. It, it was Jason. <laughs> I don't know how to say his last name. Jason, but number 13. Let me tell you, I was on court three and I seen it and I stopped recording on Snapchat because of how bad it was. This, this, somebody got <laughs> baptized on the orcas, man. <laughs> yeah. 
That's uh, Jason. I think it's Lyro Cillier or something like that. I think it's French. Yeah, but... I didn't, yeah, I don't want to butcher his name, but yeah, yeah I probably just he, did. But he put <laughs> so, he put someone on a poster last week. Oh my! It got it. Everybody from all around had to look, and Ozone Boys jumped off their bench. They were going crazy. Uh, I mean, the Orcas did throw some big slams down too, though. But it was it was a great game for Dunks, though. It was a great yeah. game for Dunks. You guys saw the Ozone Boys two summers ago. Uh, Jason was doing this every single game. Uh, the Hogan brothers, like this is just what they do. They're high flying, a lot of fun to watch, bring the energy. And uh, that's why you got to love the Ozone boys for sure. Um, and now for the last game of the week um, between two teams, which are kind of bottom feeders towards the bottom of our power rankings at this moment in time, uh, Stampede versus the Mambas. Jose, this ended up being an excellent game. Um, I think, Kyle and I made a pick this a pick them on the podcast. So it was as close as uh, we thought it might be. And uh, Stampede pulled this one out 69 to 67. Pretty nice win for them. Um, so, so what happens in this game? Because it looked like the Mambas had the lead coming down the stretch. Man, this game was the Mambas had the lead from like the whole game. They, they kept it, but Stampede did not let them get away into the double digits. Stampede just found dirty ways and dirty dirty plays to just, just keep it up, whether it was through an offensive rebound or defensive stops, uh, just chipping away or getting layups, you know, or getting to the basket. They just really stayed on it. It was, uh, it was an absolutely crazy game. It looked like the Mambas were going to win at the end. They were up five with, I believe, there was about 40-something seconds left. Stampede comes down, uh, run a play. They swing it over to Austin Barkley. Austin Barkley pulled a deep, deep three. Boom, cuts it to two. And within a matter of three seconds, I, I, I honestly just could not believe what I, what I was watching. Within a matter of three seconds, I believe it was Dan Heston stole off the inbound pass and laid it up with 15 seconds left. It, it was a tie game, which eventually led to overtime. And eventually Stampede just grinded it out and, and won it in overtime by two. Yeah, unbelievable game. Um, and it comes down to Stampede now winning back-to-back games. That's great for them. Um, a team that was not looking good their first few weeks. Um, and, you know, now we're talking about a Mamba's team that we said this is their chance to win a game. Um, you know, it's, it's looking tough for them now with, you know, four guaranteed games left. Uh, but, Kyle, now we're looking at this. What can the Mambas do to win this game? Obviously, they're settling for too many shots. Is that the difference maybe just to get to the hole now so that they can maybe win a game or two here at the end of the season? It's – yeah, I mean – yeah, that thirty that thirty six percent shooting's not pretty. Uh, shooting twenty four or sixty six because uh, most of the time that's not going to win the games though. But in this instance uh, of how this uh, one is overtime, when you have the lead, hold on to the ball, and if you're in the penalty, just hold on, get fouled, and just make your shots because uh, that's it's going to save you most of the time. It's going to keep the clock going. <laughs> Because in this instance, time is time is your enemy, and you want to make sure that clock gets to zero. You don't want to do any crazy stuff. And unfortunately, that's what happened to the Mambas this week. They they did some crazy stuff, and uh, it just led to mistakes happening. Yeah, Mambas. It's going to be tough for them now. Um, 
but they have put up a lot of good fights in almost every game. They've, they've kept it pretty close. Um, Stampede, three guys scoring 19 points, uh, four guys in double figures, another solid win for them. They're doing what they have to do to win these games. Uh, ugly, pretty, however they need to do it. You know, it's, it's a good win for them. Um, and those are the games we had this week. But before we go, I want to ask you guys just a few questions here. We're at the midway point of the season. Um, we're starting to see how things are panning out. And I'm interested to hear from both of you guys. So we have three three-and-one teams remaining. Duye's uh, boys are undefeated. I think they're number one in everyone's power rankings at this moment in time, or at least they should be. Um, so from these three uh, three-and-one teams, Lob City, Good U, and the Ozone boys, who do you think uh, has the best opportunity to make the championship to face off with the Duye's boys. I'll start off with you, Kyle, because your face is up right now. And then, Jose, you can go. You guys can have the same answer if you want or whatever. Just I want to hear what you guys think. Uh, for me, I, I said last week, Ozone boys, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, they play great basketball. Uh, if they had a, if, if this was high school and their, co- their coach would be super proud of how they're playing, they, they play it fundamentally. They play smart. They're very aware of the floor. They have great chemistry between each other, and it's like a well-working machine. And for the most part, they score no issue, and they get back on defense, and they're ready for the other team to come down, and they're ready for whatever, whether it's a three, a two, something in the paint. They're ready for everything, and that's frankly what a basketball team needs to do is be prepared for everything. I, I love that answer because, you know, out of those three teams, I think Ozone Boys definitely the least likely team that you would expect for someone to say. But, you know, I love Ozone Boys. You know, we were just talking about how, how we love their energy and everything. So they're a very interesting team. I, I can't wait to see what they do the rest of the season. Um, and, Jose, for you, um, I'm assuming you're not going to go with the Ozone Boys here, but but which one of those three teams do you think is going to push for uh, the Duyas Boys in the championship? Man, you know what? Nope. I might actually go with the Ozone Boys by oh, just wow. a, a slim margin, though, because it, it's just when they're at full strength and they got that four in, four out, It's that's just so hard to, like, beat. Like, they, they, they even out the minutes and it's whoever comes in, it, it's production, you know, and, and they're just, when they got, like, like Kyle said, it's a well-oiled machine, man. When they got it going, it, it, it's going, they got rhythm. Uh, they don't waste any possessions and they just take good shots. But my only thing with Lob City is how much can you really rely on Jose Mercado to carry the load? Somebody else is going to have to step up. That's my only small thing with Lob City. If somebody either than Jose can step up to the plate and and become like that 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 Robin to his Batman, I think that that'll definitely push him over. In, in, in my opinion, to to the championship, because it's hard to beat when the Ozone Boys when you have a fully balanced team and everybody can give you a piece of something, you know. Yeah, I love those answers out of you guys. It's it's definitely not. Um you know, maybe the thought process everyone would see this as, but I like that because those own boys, man, they're kind of that sneaky team that people are just learning right now that they are actually for real. Um, you know, in, in my opinion, I would say that Lob City is, is my team. You know, they already beat Good U. They already beat uh, the Ozone Boys. I know uh, they're, I think at least the Ozone Boys are missing some guys that game, but 
Um, Lob City, I just think they're very dangerous all around. I think they're going to be a threat all year. Um, but if Ozone Boys can make that run, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun because they're definitely a, a little bit of a sleeper um, for sure. Um, and before I let you guys go, I we're at the midpoint of the season, so we may as well just talk about it. Um, who do you guys have as the midway point MVP? Um, I'm interested to know. You know, obviously there's three more weeks left and playoffs. Um, but, Jose, I'll start with you and then, and then Kyle, because I know someone in my mind, we might have the same person in all our minds right now, but uh, let's see what we're thinking. I mean, me personally, it, it might be a little biased because I've watched a lot of Lob City. <laughs> but Jose Mercado, man, that dude is is something to be reckoned with, man. When he just – he can get to the rack – and he has a jumper like and he has that length it's, it's just that's tough to beat you know and he and he's just so efficient like you you can't beat out that production offensively and efficiency that's personally the somebody that I have for MVP right now just because of how much I've watched Lob City and how much of a big impact he has on Lob City and, and them winning games yeah, great answer. Reigning MVP, by the way, uh, 2019 MVP. So just, uh, you know, going from where he left off. And Kyle, how about you? You, you thinking the same thing with Jose or are you going to go a different direction? Different direction. I'm going John Couto. 121 points total on the air. He's leading the league in scoring. He's leading the league in points per game with 30 a game. Um, very efficient shooter, sh- shooting more than 50% shooting 63, one of the better players in the league, very efficient three point shooter, very efficient free throw shooter, um, always down there getting boards. Uh, he's an all around. He, he reminds me a lot like Russell Westbrook, always, always everywhere, always causing havoc on the floor. And that's, that's a teammate you'd like to have on, on your team. That's on any team. Yeah. And, John Kutu, that is, I think, honestly, you guys just said the two front runners for it. Um, John Kutu averaging a, a double-double, uh, 30, 30 points, or actually not double-double, 30 points, nine and a half rebounds, so almost a double-double. Um, honestly, I, I agree with you, Kyle. John Kutu, I think it would be fun if uh, Vincent Volpe and uh, John Kutu could win like a, a co-MVP just because how nasty their dynamic duo has been, you know, almost uh, 56 points a game. Uh, 15 rebounds combined, probably like 15 assists. Um, so it's just been uh, unbelievable to watch those guys kind of just work together, keep this win streak going, um, and, and dominate on the court. That that would be pretty awesome. But you know, it's probably going to be one face, one name at the end of the year. And I think uh, the two guys names you mentioned uh, are going to be head to head, and you know, we'll all have a vote, and we'll see what happens in these next three weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys. Uh, had a good time on here wrapping up uh, week four with you guys. I'm looking forward to week five. Um, I'm looking forward to the podcast. You can check that out coming up in a few days. Um, so, Kyle, Jose, thank you guys. Have a great week. Appreciate it.